Welcome to this week's Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup. It's being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield. Another week of interesting weather happening, some outside market influences, and then on a Friday, a double cattle report that came out. Now that we're looking at the inventory numbers, but cattle on feed. We're going to find out all the details of this week's trade coming up on this week's report. It may be small, but this little bean fuels a lot of power. It powers a food industry as a top source of protein. It's a fuel that powers diesel engines with fewer emissions. It powers a state economy and bottom lines. And it powers the rest of the world as a top Nebraska export. Yeah, it may be small, but we're finding more ways for this little bean to power Nebraska. And welcome back once again. As you can see, joining me today, PJ Conrad and Clint Hoffman. They are with TradeOS. And gentlemen, an interesting week of markets. I kind of want to start out first with the weather because, PJ, before you and I, we started this, you were talking about some weather up in the St. Paul area. We know that uh, north of Columbus got hit with some storms as well. Rain's good as long as the bad stuff stays away. Yeah, we've had a hard time to stay away from it in Nebraska. It seems like every part of the state has been uh, hit with some sort of peril, wind, hail, etc. So hopefully the uh, replant stuff, or if you didn't have a replant, it's your first plant, and you're lucky to have that situation. You didn't get dinged too bad here in the last couple nights. But when you talk weather, you know, the Western Corn Belt is what it is. You, you kind of put a mark on it and say we got irrigation and it's going to bring something. Um, we look back east, and I think Iowa's tracking now some of the best good to excellent ratings they've had in recent memory. And so you throw that in some pretty good news out of Illinois and some chance of rain across there. And cooler temps have really pressured the markets. Uh, but to say that's the only thing pushing these things lower probably isn't true either. Do you have any anticipation of what excitement we might see when that pro farmer crop tour gets underway? It's going to be here before we know it. You know, that's what's crazy. We're a month away and about two, three weeks away from school starting. So we'll be uh, in the combine before we know it, too. No, I mean, as far as the, the pro farmer tour, it seems like they find different things every year and, and their methodology is the same year over year. I will be kind of interested. Nebraska seems to have more variation this year than what it does in years past. But I say that in every year gives us something different. There's always a problem area every year, unless you're 2012 and the whole thing is a problem. So I, I think that's the end all be all. And you really look at the talk about yield and things of that nature. You kind of look at the Western Corn Belt down to Texas, maybe over to say that Arkansas type area, uh, create a little L. That's gonna be some tougher crop. It sounds like by and large, uh, you, you go back East and, and things really look good from my understanding for the most part. So maybe you get more traditional grain flow of things going south and west, uh, as opposed to some of these other years we've seen, you know, Kansas raise big crops and that really changes some of the flow of grain. But it's always interesting. Uh, you got different groups coming out with yields already in the 174 to 177 type range. That just keeps everything in check as we move forward. Clint, what about for you? What conversations are you hearing uh, from growers as they're trying to figure out how they're going to market this grain and if they're even going to have a crop for some of them? That's definitely a conversation. I work with a lot of irrigated farmers. It helps mitigate a lot of that situation, but do have some dryland guys in different parts of Nebraska. So adjusting those yields and then talking to guys just about that market situation of we pulled back a lot obviously in the last month and 
you know, people are just wondering, you know, why exactly is that happening? And as to what PJ said, two thirds of the corn belt's in pretty good shape. And unfortunately we're the ones that are in the one third of area that's having some drought issues and having to irrigate a lot to keep up. So with that seasonal time frame of yields not deviating probably too far from trend, it could end up being a little bit lower, but when you have that type of situation, you usually see markets pull back at this time of the year. So we're kind of going through the dog days of summer on the markets and the heat. And then you look at commodities in general, you saw crude oil come from 120 down to the nineties. And if you look at gold, copper, silver, like any type of commodities had some major rollover of funds, just taking money out of that, maybe putting a little more back into equities again. So two factors there just hitting the market at this time of the year. Well, as we continue with the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup that's being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, I want to look at soybeans. Uh, either Clint, PJ, either one of you can answer this, but finally on a Friday, we saw some positive numbers for the soybean market. Is that something we may be able to carry over into Sunday night's trade and to start out next week, the last week of July? God, I hope so. <laughs> it's been a tough week. You know, one thing I will say is if you look at the chart, 13's held pretty tough. Uh, you start throwing a 12 handle in front of it and just how tight our carryout is, it's hard to, to fathom or, or think we need to spend much time below 13. Uh, but not to say it couldn't happen. I mean, we do have beans, seasonally speaking, kind of runs another month, uh, get through August. We'll know a lot more about that crop. And so maybe we do spend some times in the uh, $12 range. But I really I kind of Clint touched on of just the difference of where we're at. And, and you look at you read a lot more now of macroeconomic things pushing us lower and also you know maybe some demand reduction too there's a lot of talk of that so it feels like you can read a lot more bearish things now and so hopefully that's a sign of maybe we're getting a lot of headlines that are factoring in and this so-called sell-off is at least finding the floor here in the short term do you have any concerns either one of you with interest rate and recession talks and with an upcoming fed meeting all being factored in I personally would say a lot of that's probably factored in now. It's pretty widely advertised. Um, we were definitely talking to clients about that in that seasonal selling time frame that commodities rolling over in general could definitely hit the corn and soybean market. So between that and some average weather, that definitely is what played out. So I would just say as of now, it's widely advertised that we're close to recession or in a recession are going to be. So everybody seems to know that. So usually when it's hitting the headlines, you're getting to the tail end of that being a factor. I think a good example, as you draw back to uh, what mid May, about when we were putting the high in and corn, that's when I feel like rampant talks of global food shortage, et cetera, were going on. And not to say those aren't concerns or are concerns, right. I have no idea but it's not in the headlines anymore, thus taking some of the upside risk off too. we got to kind of switch the page a little bit and look at the livestock. Friday brought us uh, two big reports. We had a Catalan feed report, which is a monthly, but then we had the inventory report that came out as well. So start with the Catalan feed report, some higher placements in those numbers. They were, the estimate was to come in at 95% of last year and that come in at 98, so a little higher on that end. To help offset, the marketings were 102, but that was estimated at 101 and a half, so not much higher on that. On feed was right at 100% of last year. Um, 
you know, everybody continues to look for lower numbers at some point. So we talk about herd liquidation and calves getting sold and short pastures. So a lot of cows went to market, but it's just, it seems to take a long time in the cattle cycle for that to hit the price action, I guess I would say. If we look at the inventory numbers, they were at about as expected at 98% on all cows and calves, 98% on beef cows and on replacements, 97%. So if we look at that number, you're, you are finally starting to see the lower inventory numbers. So as you guys look at those numbers, what do you think is going to happen come Monday when the trade reopens? You guys are going to have a couple of days to digest it all. That's a great question. We were up strong today, so my guess would be neutral. The just seems like there's a lot of Mondays where you see the market down on these reports and then it works back up later in the week. What about for you, PJ? What are some of your thoughts and conversations you might be having with cattle growers? You know, you kind of look at where we're at in the August fat cattle, just trading right around that 137 type mark. Um, going back over the last, say, two months, I mean, it looks like the 138 level has been hard to get above. Now, we do have a big gap in the chart. If we were to close above 138, you'd think around the 140 to 141 wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities. Um, but right now, until we get above 138, we're going to keep balking our head on it. And there's a lot of moving average uh, convergence happening in that 136 level that should some, provide some pretty decent support here in the short term. So uh, cattle have been a tricky one. You know, it just seems like they haven't had their day in the sun as opposed to some of the other commodities. But uh, maybe that tail keeps getting longer, too. Is that day in the sun coming? Every dog has their day, Susan. <laughs> it will sometime, but it just seems like it always is a year or two after everything else in the cattle market. So you talked about, and Clint, you were talking too as well about these these inventory numbers, the number of herd liquidations going on. At what point do you think the market's really going to start to notice that we're seeing more and more cattle, especially these cows and, and calves headed to slaughter? Well, I think although the daily price action hasn't been super bullish, if you look at the carry in the market, the futures market's already pricing in a $20 increase going into next spring. So I think that is a lot of the price action, just showing that carry in the market is basically saying we think the price is going to go up 20 bucks between now and next spring. All right. I'm curious from both of you, as you look at this, already heading into the last week of July and we start to head towards fall, what's the key thing that you guys are going to be kind of keeping an eye out, either grain or livestock, to have that conversation with, with your clients? I think grain-wise and, and really in general is just kind of being patient here. If you're to a point where you're content with your marketing, um, I'm not saying do nothing, but it's hard to get real excited right here at 570 type corn. When you look ahead, maybe the prospects could be a little bit better when we get a flush out um, of everything going on. So I guess that's my biggest takeaway you know, looking forward is let's be patient and pick our spots and know that we're going to have other things to focus on the next you know 60 to 90 days. Could be bullish, could be bearish, uh, but things don't go down forever and things don't go up forever either. So, Clint, real quick, your thoughts? Yeah, I think just weather forecast will be key on beans again on Sunday night if that ridge moves back in and just be mindful of selling rallies and otherwise it's kind of, yeah, again, dog days of summer, so time to be patient. 
All right. Sounds good. Thanks to both of you joining us this week. As we remind folks, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's been this week's Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup.